Well, I've thought it, I've even pondered it, and yeah, I've experienced it, and I've concluded that diversity training is stupid. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Let's talk about it now. Oh boy, I'm going to make some people mad. I'm going to make some people very, very, very angry at me. And guess what? I'll still sleep well tonight. Um, I am being sarcastic, but I'm also being honest and I'm being me. I really do think diversity training is a little stupid. Um, I'll be very honest with you. Um, I Again, if you followed me, I've told you my career kind of launched in the 90s. I am a Gen Xer. And so I came along during the time where diversity training was a lot of um, fluff. I'll just be honest. It was kumbaya. It was a moment where we all get in the same room and somebody, a well-dressed consultant will come in and talk and, you know, tell us be nice to each other. And then it was over. And there you are leaving it thinking, what a waste of time. Oh my gosh. And I've been through so many that um, (laughs) honestly, it drove me absolutely batty um, as a young professional. And here's the reason. If you've read the blog post, you already kind of have an idea of why I think this. But I believe the biggest reason is because diversity training is like um, having a person who has um, a very bad illness and you give them an aspirin for it. And it's just not going to work. And so I think it's something that is so much more serious and important than a couple of days with a consultant making a few hundred bucks. Hey, I'm a consultant. I'm not above it. Um, Not above making a few hundred bucks, but I have turned down so many um, requests for diversity training. Um, So I'm not going to pretend that you know, I'll do that for money. You don't have enough money to make me do that. But here's the thing. You have a person who comes in, you got some donuts, you got some bagels, um, and you talk about these platitudes and you leave and you think that it's done and that it's finished and that you have a diverse, um, tolerant environment. Boo, you do not. (laughs) It's like, boo. No, you do not. Diversity training has gotten such a bad rap because it's been um, designed in such a bad way. So here's the thing. I talk about it in my blog post that diversity, I mean, that racism is a um, very much a learned behavior. Okay. It's something that has been taught. Have you noticed? Oh, have you seen that cute little video of the two little boys, little toddlers who run after each other and they embrace in the video and it's gone viral because they are so cute. Oh my gosh. But that's, that's the way we really enter this world. And then people poison our minds with uh, messages about um, another race. And here's the the funny thing about it is like I always say, and I've posted a lot on social media in this season, that the word A-L-L does not apply to, you know, to everybody. So stop saying all black people, all Latino people, all Hispanic people, all Asian people. There's no all dummy. That all does not exist because we are all different. No group is monolith, right? Or monolithic. No, no group speaks one language, lives one way. Okay. Now I think that there are similarities sometimes, but the, the racism is rooted in the all. 
And I have individuals who are African-American that um, look like me, maybe even ate the same foods I ate growing up, but we are light years apart. I mean, I don't even want to be associated with them. You know, there are people like that. So you cannot say all. African-Americans are this way. And I feel like diversity training tries to, or diversity workshops, they try to minimize those differences. And um, I feel like they even say all, you know, um, but it's not going to help you to shed biases. Now, one thing I will say, and I'll give it a little bit of credit, is diversity training may give you some aha moments if you are um, struggling with some things. You know, maybe you'll get a, you know, you know, an aha moment where you'll be like, Oh, I do do that. That's not cool. You know, and and yes, that's progress in some way. But diversity training is, I feel like it's stupid because it is going to um, begin from the notion that you can um, change these biases with one little experience. And you just can't, especially in the workplace. Now, I think it's better that you, um, as a leadership team, get together and talk about things that you're going to not do, educate yourself on what microaggressions are, and say, you know what, we're not going to have microaggressions, we're not going to have um, activity, in our, we're not going to tolerate activity that is biased. I think that you would benefit more by doing something like that than um, having a person come in who really has no real root and ground in diversity. Um, training and come in and just spout platitudes. If you do hire a consultant, ask them some questions. You know, how are you going to deal with learned behaviors? How are you going to provide strategies for change? How are you, I mean, get dig in there with them. Ask them some questions before you um, write that check. You know, I, that's what I think. But I also think that um, there, I think the best way to be an anti-racist organization is to look at your organizational chart. You know what I mean? Um, go ahead and see. Have, when's the last time you've hired diversity? What efforts have you made to hire people of other races um, into your company? I said in another podcast that my brilliant boy, who's um, grown and a professional, he, I asked him once, I said, how do we make a, how do you make a company more diverse? And he said, you make a company more diverse. And that's true. I mean, you, you kind of mix that pot up and learn how to navigate one with one another and learn how to get along and learn how to work together. So I think systems are very important. So look at who's on your board. Is it all white males? Hey, if it is, you got a problem. You know, and a diversity trainer is not going to fix it because your problem is in your culture, your organizational culture. So I say, hey, look at those things first. And don't go ahead and and just because you mean well, go start having a bunch of committees and inviting people to committees at your job to work on diversity when you don't have a clear plan of how you're going to change your organization or your company. You know, and anyway, I also say too, don't make the people of color on be on your committee. It's like they didn't create the racist system. They shouldn't have to be the one to solve it. If anything, use them in a consulting advisory role, but don't add something to their plate just because you created a racist environment. Give me, get out of here. Give me a break with that. You know, if anything, you know, um, tell people committees to go ahead and work together and do some research and come back and report to the people of color. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think. And tell me what you're going to do. And I'll let you know if it's good enough. But don't put anything else on my tape plate because you created a system and you don't know how to fix it. Um, that's the way I see it. Now, I'm that's me. That's me. And I'm, I'm an older chick. 
and I've been on a lot of those committees and I've seen very little change as a result of them. I've seen very little change, but I do believe that, you know, talking and things like that can help. But your first step needs to be getting people in your organization of different races. And then you can definitely have a pool to prove, pull from to get information about how to be a more diverse, tolerant environment. So, yeah, coming in with a bunch of people and talking about how black people, you know, Harriet Tubman and how black people have been oppressed. Everybody knows that. And the ones who care about it, they're not going to be changed by that. Just that little bit of um time with a consultant and with the team. So I think personally, what you've got to do is, you know, ask and encourage your team to examine themselves, examine where they've seen bias in the organization and how maybe even they've been part of bias. I think that's useful. And um, then if you bring people together, don't make it a week, make it a long term, I mean, not a week, I'm sorry, a, a two day session or a one day session, but have some time where you have a really skilled facilitator that can help them flush things out. It's not me, just to be clear. If you're a client listening to this, it ain't me. <laughs> I'm not, I, 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 that's one area that I check out of. It's too personal. It's too raw for me and it's too close to home. Um, I, I, I'm not a diversity trainer, but what else as of right now, you know, you never know what will happen in the future. So let me preface that as of right now, I have zero interest in doing that. I'd rather um, work on um, in civic settings to change things system, systemically. But here's the thing, um, you know, I, I should say, if you have somebody get a good trainer, <laughs> like um, I have a, a friend that has been awesome. I even know two people. Um, I'm going to just say their names because I can. Um, Date, D-E-T-H-I-M is his last name. Go on LinkedIn, find him. That is one of the best people you could hire to work on that. You know, um, I don't know if she does this, but Nicole Jacobs Sylvie in the Midwest, another person who is just dynamic. You know, there are people that will give you meaningful experiences, but don't have somebody come in and just do a kumbaya moment. But I think it's important to have people examine themselves. Ask your team, you know, if you're a leader, to just examine them, their own bias and where it has come into play and how it has even come into play in the workplace. And ask them, what are you going to do to solve that? Because it begins with the personal person on an interpersonal level with themselves. Okay. And as I wrote in the blog post, we all have some racist problems. Don't lie and say you are colorblind. Nobody is colorblind. We all have stuff that we have brought with us from the beginning <laughs> of us opening our eyes in the world and our parents starting to pour stuff into us. No, seriously. Everybody has been socialized to believe something about another group of people, okay? It's not always been the best messages that we've all received. I myself have received messages about people that made me wary of them, that made me suspicious of them, right? Um, naturally. So my thing is I have to check my own junk or my own stuff that my parents taught me or guess what? Media even taught me about certain groups of people. You know, I have to check that stuff and not let it get in the get in the way in how I interact with my neighbors, how I interact with my colleagues. I remember I was I was taught some very um, intolerant things about um, of Caucasian people. You don't trust them; they're going to be out to get you, and they're going to be horrible and they're sneaky. And, you know, I I was I got those messages. Okay, and so my thing is is 
I'm, I am in my 50s and I still struggle with untangling some of those message I, messages I got on the playground. You know, I mean, seriously. So it's important to be self-aware and to self-actualize and to know that um, just to know who you are. Now, so here's the thing. Like I said, I got these messages already. And then I met people, you know, like, I, here I go again, like naming names, like um, Deb Craig, you know, who I worked for, Laura Lyon, who'd probably give me her liver if I asked for it. <laughs> well, can you have a liver, give somebody a liver and die? So no, I think liver, yeah, I think you can live with liver. But anyway, um, I've met some people who are Caucasians, Kevin Casey, Rebecca Casey. Oh, my necklace fell off. Um, and people that I believe 100% love me, even though they may have blue eyes, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, so my point is, is those messages, when I enter, encounter a person who is a Caucasian, hey, that record's going to try to play in my head. And if you're if you're young, I'll say that CD. <laughs> but that message is going to try to replay in my head. But I have to say, stop. No, you know hit the pause button, you know, it's not going to play out here. So that's what I think all of us have to do. It's not going to be me going into a room with somebody and going through some kind of training that's going to change me. It's going to be me that's going to change me, right? So I cannot let those things affect how I interact with people. It's an issue of me stopping the message in my head stopping the pre-programming <laughs> the software that was programmed you know like on your laptop is me deleting that and, and uninstalling that that software that's what's going to change things but diversity training I, I think you got to have some real questions that you ask people before you issue that check okay um, because it's very important you know for us to know how to um, not have our our stuff mess up our future interactions and as companies and organizations it's important for us to um kill those systems get rid of those systems that you may not even have meant for them to be um discriminatory but they are you know what i'm saying get rid of it and another thing is i think it's going to be important for people in leadership to keep this conversation going i love the the coinage that it's not a moment in history this is a movement in history and so this is a great opportunity for some change for people who do want to change okay there's going to be people who don't want to change and it'll be up to you and as a leader to decide if you want them on your team, you know, is it a deal breaker? And I feel like I I've done a podcast on soft, soft skills and you cannot have a racist person who has um, soft skills <laughs> and, and they're racist. You know, they're lacking some soft skills there. If they just by being a racist person, they are um, in need of some very important soft skills of tolerance and such. Um, so, yeah. So you got to look at those things. You got to pay attention to your grievance um, situations and you got to, you know, create an environment for people who are maybe being marginalized to speak up and to be heard. I think that's very important, but you got to get managers on board, you know, because if a person, you know, is their beliefs are out of sync um, of with what, who you want your organization to be. And there's a cognitive dissonance that's happening with them. You're going to have to help them to ask them to really do some self work on themselves to change that, you know, because it's, it's not good, right? It's not good. So, that's what I think. I'm eager to see what you think. Um, 
go to my you can go to my Facebook page, you know, Think Blink Learn, or you hit me up on Twitter with the name of this podcast, TCB the Trainer. And um, yeah, you can talk to me about this. But do know um, we do have some work to do. Everybody, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be awkward, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But by the same token, it's necessary. It is necessary to make this world a better, better place to live in. Right? Hey, thank you for listening.